Yeah, y'all are good and awake. It's a beautiful day outside. It's a beautiful weekend. Summer's coming. It's going to get warm, really warm one day. I, uh, I spent a half a day in hell yesterday. We did a yard sale. <laughs> Man, six cents an hour for all that work. $85. <laughs> Ten cents here and 25 cents here. And I said, never again, Salvation Army, here we come. Uh, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the weekend. It's been uh, um, been a beautiful weekend. You know, I, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Are you excited today? Yeah. All right. Ten of you are excited. All right. Let's try to get all excited. Woo, I'm excited. Everybody, let's go. Woo, I'm excited. Yeah, now we're excited. Here we go. I'm excited to start this brand new four-part message series called Twisted. In this series, uh, we're going to look at how easy it is to get twisted and what we think the Bible teaches or what we believe uh, the Bible teaches. We're going to talk about, over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about four uh, different beliefs that people today have credited to God. But the reality is, it's twisted thinking. You know, the the Bible never said these four things that uh, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what so many people believe is actually in the Bible, but uh, it's not. And if we don't know the truth about what the Bible teaches us, uh, our thinking will get twisted and we'll end up way off track spiritually. We'll be going down the uh, wrong road spiritually. Now, there's an old story about a manager who was hiring uh, for an important position in his company, and he had uh, interviewed and it had come down to three people uh, that he had to choose from. There was a teacher, a mathematician, and an accountant. And each had gone through the interview process. So the manager, not knowing quite what to do, decided to throw out one last ringer. So he asked each one one more question. He asked, what's two plus two? And the teacher said, man, that's easy. It's four. And the mathematician said, whoa, wait a minute. It's not that simple. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot of factors that you have to apply, and there's a lot of things you have to consider before you come up with the answer. He said, there are a lot of measurements that you have to make. He said, it's just not simple. Well, finally, the accountant was asked, what is two plus two? So the accountant went over to the window, and she pulled down the shades, and she walks back to the manager, and she whispers uh, in the uh, manager's ear, she whispered uh, in his ear and said, what do you want it to be? You see, and that's kind of funny uh, on the surface when you think about it, but if you uh, continue to think about it, it becomes less funny because really, in reality, that's what's happened in the church in a lot of ways. Uh, We kind of take the Bible and we make it whatever we think we want it to be or uh, or what we want it to be. You see, and uh, because it's kind of become one of the most relevant and culturally twisted uh, thinking uh, today that says, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as I'm sincere in what I believe. doesn't really matter what you believe as long as I'm sincere in what I believe. So many people wrongly believe this today. You may have heard someone say it recently, or, or you may have said it yourself. You may even believe it. But all over the world today, people say it. It doesn't matter what you believe about uh, believe 
uh, as long as you are sincere. Believe whatever you want, but believe it with all of your heart. Doesn't that sound good? You just believe it. Whatever, whatever you uh, believe, just believe it sincerely. Believe it with all your heart. It, it just feels good to think that God, who is a loving God and a caring God, it, it just feels good that, that God is such a loving and caring God that it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you sincerely believe it. And then you'll be okay as long as you believe it with all your heart. Now, this is called feel-good theology. It's a feel-good theology. If it feels good, go for it. If it feels good, it must be right. Man, it just feels so good, and that's twisted. I mean, uh, and we hear it all the time. Someone will say, well, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Well, you may be a good person, and you may even be better than the person sitting next to you. Look at the person. Hey, Rolf, good to see you. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm better than you are. No, don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you may even be better than uh, uh, the, the people around you. You may be a better person. Well, you may be a good person. And, and so we think since I'm a good person, I'll be okay. You know, well, most people believe that good people go to heaven. I mean, you hear it all the time, I'm a good person. And according to the polls, 53% of Americans agree with that statement. They agree good people, good works can earn a place in heaven. That's twisted. It's twisted to believe that. I've done a lot of funerals in, in my uh, 25, 30 years in ministry, and, and, and I've done just tons of funerals. And I've heard this more times than, than, uh, than I can count, but someone will die. And a loved one will say, well, he wasn't much of a religious person. He wasn't much into church, and he wasn't uh, much into God, but he is in a better place now. I go, huh? He's in a better place now. He's in a better place. He's looking down on his grandma. She wasn't much into church, but she's in a better place, and she's looking down on us today. I'm going, huh? I don't want grandma looking down on me. But anyway, <laughs> that's twisted. You see, it doesn't matter what you believe. All roads lead to God anyway. So it doesn't matter. All religions are basically the same. No, they're not. You see, that's twisted. When we believe that. And many people today believe that. And, and, and you know, it doesn't mean that people that don't believe like I believe are, are somehow uh, the devil. It's just that we believe differently. And, and you know, and, and just to show how twisted that is to believe that all religions are the same, is I, I, I want to try to give you just a, a short overview. I, I want to point out some of the highlights of just a few of the world, major world beliefs. Now, I'm not doing this to be down on anybody. I'm just doing this to tell you the truth today so that we know the truth. You see, Buddhism, for example, has no God. Buddha, Buddhism has no final uh, uh, existence. Buddhists believe in countless rebirths, that you're just reborn, and then you're reborn, and then you're reborn. No eternal existence. You just continue to be reborn. Hinduism has an impersonal God that is approached through deities or, or statues or idols. Now, both Buddhism and Hinduism do not offer the forgiveness of sins. You're not forgiven your sins, and you have no supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to live your life by. It's just not there. They both believe in karma. Now, I'm so sick of people saying, oh, that's just my karma. 
you know, and uh, that's, the, that's the theology of Facebook, matter of fact, I think. But anyway, but, but karma means, well, if you do bad things, then bad things are going to happen to you, most likely. And if you do good things, then most likely good things are going to happen to you. You know, and Muslims, they worship Allah, a personal God. There, there are no secondary gods, and there is total ban on idols, unlike other religions. You know, with a, with, a, with a Muslim, you are in good standing with God. You're in good standing with Allah if, you, if you're religiously devout. I mean, you're just devoted to your religion and your good works. Now, New Age beliefs... They have no personal God in New Age beliefs. They're, they're going to they're gonna believe most often in a higher uh, consciousness, uh, wanting to be one with the cosmos and the universe. Now, Christianity, on the, on the other hand, has a, a personal God shown to us through the love of God's Son, Jesus. And Jesus offers forgiveness of sins, and it's not based on any religious efforts but it's based on the very fact that God is a good God. That it's based on God's goodness. So, so we have knowledge. Uh, so we have to we have to uh, we have uh, knowledge uh, to acknowledge. I'm sorry. Although there may be some truth, and there's some good things and, and some good people, and, uh, and we have to acknowledge that there's some truth in all religions. But all religions are not the same. So, once, so someone, someone says to you, it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you're sincere, an unbiased person has to say, that's twisted. You see, the, the Bible doesn't teach that. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you're sincere. Now, I understand what you think and believe is your choice. That's the awesome thing about God. God gave all of us a free will. We all have the free will to choose what we're going to believe or what, we're, what we uh, don't believe. You see, we have a choice. Nobody forces you to believe anything. Actually, I, I, I'm not trying to force any of you to believe anything that I say this morning. I'm not trying to force you. I'm trying to tell you the truth and allow you to choose today uh, what you're going to believe and what you're going to follow in your life. You have that choice. I, I mean, if you don't want to believe something in your life, you don't have to believe it. No one's forcing you to do that. If I want to believe in something, I can. Nobody uh, uh, stops me. Nobody forces me. Now, if I want to believe Elvis is alive, I can believe that. And I'll tell you why I believe it. Because he was right here on this stage last week. <laughs> And I believe he's alive. Matter of fact, several years ago, we were down at the beach, and Gay said, hey, there's Elvis. He's alive. And I said, I'll be doggone. There he is. So I believe. If you want to believe the moon is made of cheese, you can believe it. But here's the point. Your beliefs are your choice, and you will have to pay the consequences. We will all have to pay the, the consequences of our beliefs. Our beliefs have consequences. But we are free to choose however we want to choose to believe. I get to choose what I believe. You get to choose what you believe. You can't blame anybody else for your beliefs. They're yours. Now, my goal for this series is to help us discover the truth from God's Word so that we can replace any twisted thinking that we have, that we can discover the truth 
uh, from God's Word so we can replace some of our twisted thinking that we have been caught or taught about God and learn the truth about God. Now, it's a choice. Now, if you look at Acts chapter 8, verses 20 and 22, here's what the Bible says that I want us to focus on just for a moment. The Bible says that Peter told Simon, may your money be destroyed with you because you thought you could buy God's gift. Now, what Peter was saying to Simon is, he was saying that's twisted thinking, to think that you can buy God's gifts. You won't have any share in this because God can see how twisted your thinking is. So change your wicked, your twisted thoughts, and ask the Lord if he will forgive you for thinking like this. Now, that, see, so, the, so what I'm saying is that's the goal that I have for this series is, is that if you have twisted thinking is that we will ask God to reveal the truth to us and ask him to forgive us because of all this twisted thinking that we may have, may or may not have. But you know, at the end of the day, our beliefs, what you believe and what I believe, believe are our choices. And some of our beliefs, if we'll be honest this morning, are twisted and they need to be replaced. And we need to ask God to forgive us for thinking that way. So how do I overcome my twisted thinking and discover the truth? There are three commitments that we, I would like for us to make uh, today so that as we head into this series, that if you would make these three commitments concerning the truth, and if you will take these three commitments seriously, you can, we can replace our twisted thinking with the truth of the Word of God. And as a result of that, if we make these three commitments, then you will be, we will be on our way to growing spiritually, and along with that comes incredible peace. There's just an incredible peace when, we, when our thinking is not twisted and we're living in the truth of God. There's three commitments. The first commitment is this. We need to commit ourselves to seeking the truth. We need to commit ourselves to seeking the truth. 2 Timothy 4 says there is going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth. Do you think we're at that time? You think that our society, our culture, there is coming a time, there is a time in my feeling, in my thought, when people won't listen to the truth, but will rather go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. You know, people just want to, you know, I want to live this lifestyle, so I'm going to find somebody that will agree with that, that will teach that, and make it all right in my life. It's twisted but I want to find out, I want to believe what I want to believe so I can justify my lifestyle. I can justify that which I want to live out in my life. And that's what the Bible is saying. They won't listen to what the Bible says, but will blatantly follow their own misguided ideas. Why is that? As I just said, it eases my conscience. You know, it makes me, it may, I don't have to change. I don't have to conform to the Word. I can just live however I live, want to live, and I, it's much easier. You, you see, I don't, have to, I don't have to, it doesn't cost me anything. You see, if you make a commitment to seek the truth for your life, it won't be easy. It won't be easy. Because there will be some things you have to sacrifice, there will be some things you'll have to give up, and I can promise you it won't be easy. 
And many of you know that. Sometimes I've found it easier to live with my twisted thinking. Man, this is easier. I just believe a lie. It's much easier than to seek the truth. You see, it's not always popular to seek the truth. Because often the truth contradicts popular opinion. The truth today, the truth of God's Word contradicts our culture. Just turn the TV on and everything that's happening all around us, what we believe as, if we believe as Christians that we're really living the truth, it contradicts our world. Well, it's okay because everybody's doing it. And I got to tell you, you see, the truth it's not okay. Everybody in the world can believe something, but if it's not the truth, it doesn't make it okay for you to believe it or for me to believe that truth. Another thing you need to know is sometimes the truth is painful. Man, sometimes I don't want to hear the truth, especially when it's about me. And sometimes the truth is scary. Sometimes the truth upsets me. Sometimes the truth is dangerous. Sometimes the truth is unpleasant because we don't want to face the truth about ourselves. Or we don't want to face the truth about our failures. Oh, man, I hate to face the truth about my failures. Sometimes we don't like to face the truth about our fears. We'd rather keep those hidden. And it's painful. It's unpleasant. As I said, it's scary. But it's the only way to have spiritual stability. The only way to have spiritual stability is to face the truth and to seek the truth and to know the truth and to admit the truth. And I can tell you, in the world that we're living in, is there ever a time in the world that we're living in that we need spiritual stability to be able to stand firm on the truth and stand firm on what we believe and what we believe the Bible teaches and what God teaches? Is there ever a time we need spiritual stability in our life and in our country and in our church and in our community? It's today. And the only way, the only way that we're going to find stability in our spiritual life is we're seeking the truth, not seeking what I might believe the truth or not seeking what the next person on TV might be telling us or the news media may be telling us, but you seeking the truth. And we do that on a daily basis, seeking the truth. You see, the Bible says don't follow foolish stories that disagree with God's truth. You see, what that's saying is you've got, if you've got an experience, well, I've got this experience in my life. And if it contradicts the Bible, it's not from God. If it contradicts what the Bible says, it's not from God's Word. It's a twisted experience. And so we use the Bible. The Bible is our standard. And you might say, well, I don't believe everything in the Bible. Well, I really don't matter to me whether, I don't care whether you believe everything in the Bible. That doesn't make it any less true. You know, I, I made a Facebook post the other day, biggest mistake in my life. I made a Facebook post that was a yay bit controversial. I mean, I try to stay away from that. Man, I get pounded. And I'm thinking, oh, why did I put that on there? So I, I'm in food line of all places. Phone ring. <laughs> Friend of mine calls me up, buddy, what did you mean by that Facebook post? I said, well, I, I was just thinking about that. I read this quote, and I said it really made a whole lot of sense to me. The quote was from Andy Stanley. I thought, wow, Andy's credible. So I, I, it said, basically, here's what it said. basically said, basically said this. said, uh, if, if Christians in America would quit having premarital sex, think of it, and quit committing adultery and quit smoking weed and start paying their taxes and, and start living as responsible citizens, what a difference we would have in our world if we just did that for a year. That's what I thought. 
I had a, my phone ring, 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 ring. Hello, buddy, how you doing? I said, good. He said, what was you meant about that Facebook post? I said, hey, I just, you know, what I thought, what I believe. He said, you know what? I believe everything about it except that premarital sex thing. And I said, well, why don't you just rip it right on out of the Bible? I mean, just rip it out. I mean, that's what we do, don't we? I mean, we, we, I mean not all of us. Some of us do. People do. I mean, I'm reading the law. Oh, I love that. I love that I get to go to heaven. Oh, man, if I just believe in Jesus, if I confess my sins, he'll forgive me. I believe that. But if God calls me to live a certain way, whoa, I'll take that out. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that to be true. Oh, man, God loves me. I like that. Whoo. But don't commit adultery. Oh, I'm not happy in my marriage, so I'm going to go out and I'm just going to tear that page out. This is our standard, whether you want to believe it's true or not, it's still true. It was true when it was written, and it's true today. I believe it. And if you're living an experience, if you're living an experience that's contradictory to the word, what the word says, it is a twisted experience. See, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, it's still true. So don't Follow foolish stories and twisted thinking. So where's the best place to seek the truth? The Bible says the church of the living God contains and holds the high truth of God. In the church. You see, in, in other words, right here at Salem Fields. It, it, it's, it's, this is where you'll find the truth. You might think that, that Gay and I are the head of this church, but I can promise you when Gay and I are the head of the church, it's when it does its worst. But when we allow God to be God and let Jesus Christ be the head of his church, that's when his church functions the way God wants his church to function. And I can promise you daily, I surrender this church to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so I tell you, I do my very best to preach the truth day in and day out every time that I speak anymore. I always have tried to do that. So in other words, right here with God's people looking at God's word is the best place to seek the truth. Next, we need to commit to living the truth. We need to commit to living. Now, this is a little bit harder. You know, Ephesians 4 says, we will no longer be like children forever changing our minds about what we believe. You know, I run into people all the time, well, I don't believe that anymore. I thought, huh? You know, what changed your mind? It said, we don't, we'll be no longer be like children forever changing our minds about what we believe because somebody has told us something different or cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Now, as a kid, I could do that with my mom. But, uh, boy, when he caught up with me. Uh, instead, we lovingly follow the truth. One of these times I'm going to quit saying what goes through my brain. Instead, we lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly. Now, is that easy? Speaking truly, not always. I'll tell you one know the truth, talk to my wife. She'll tell, she tells me the truth even if it ticks me off, and it does a lot of times. Dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Jesus, or Christ. You see, the truth is not just something you know, it's what you do, it's something you practice, it's something you live, it's something you apply to your life, it's a lifestyle, it's something you obey, it's something you follow, it's just not an intellectual trip to say, wow, I got all this, I know the theology, I got the doctrines of the church down, well, I know the truth. It's not that, it's something that you live in 
You live out day in and day out, day in and day out, and you seek the truth day in and day out, and you live the truth day in and day out. And lastly, we need to commit to believing the truth, believing the truth. Now, the awesome thing about God is that he wants us to know the truth because he knows the truth will set us free. And I got to tell you, he knows and the devil knows that when a Christian is living free and the truth has set them free, they're dangerous. They're dangerous. When the truth of the Word of God has set us free, we are dangerous. And the church, if you look, we're not dangerous much anymore. We're not that dangerous anymore. Now, the awesome thing about God is that He wants us to know the truth because it sets us free, and so He has given us the Bible as His Word. He has given us the Bible as His Word. This is God's Word. You know, it doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. No matter what the media says, no matter what the world starts believing, no matter what we start accepting as truth, this truth never changes. It's the same. You see, not only has he given us the Bible, he's given us the truth. You know, when you, when you think about the Bible, it, it's like a car. You know, with every car, the manufacturer puts out an owner's manual. Now, they used to put it in the dash or in the glove compartment. That's what we call it in Kieseltown, glove compartment. They put an owner's manual in there. Probably go online now. I don't have a new car. But you go, whatever. It's got an owner's manual. The owner's manual was created by the owner. And so if you're having a problem with the, with the car, most likely you can go to the owner's manual, and the owner's manual will tell you everything you need to know about that car, right? It'll tell you what time to change or when to change the oil, how much air pressure to put in the tires, and how to maintain that thing, you know, it, where to find the fuse box, where to find, you know, it, it, because the owner knows. He built that car, and God created us. The Bible says he knit us together in our mother's womb. We're fearfully and we're wonderfully made, and God created an owner's manual. Right here it is. He said, if you have a problem, you need an answer, you got something going on in your life, you need to know the truth, right here it is. And not only that, not only did God give us an owner's manual, he sent the truth as a person, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he moved, the, the, the message paraphrase says, God with skin on moved right into our neighborhoods. He moved right into our lives. God himself, the creator of the universe, moved right into our, he personally came to earth and he took the form of a man, he called himself Jesus Christ so that we would have a living model as an example of the truth. He modeled the truth. He incarnated the truth. He embodied the truth. And so not only do we have a book, we have the truth. And the truth is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. God became man. John 14, Jesus says, I am the truth. He says, I am the truth. Capital T, I am the truth, Jesus says. He didn't say, I might be the truth, or I'm one way to find the truth. I hope to be the truth. I could be the truth. He doesn't say, I point to the truth. He said, I am the truth. Repeat after me. Jesus said, I am the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. I am a person. I am the truth. Now remember, God has given you and I the freedom to choose what we believe. He doesn't force any belief on you. And God gives you the freedom to choose whatever you believe. There's one last piece of twisted thinking that I want to shed the truth on today. 
People say to me all the time, as I said earlier, earlier, I'm a religious person. I'm a religious person. I hate when somebody tells me I'm a religious person. I know you're a religious. My brother says, oh, buddy, I shouldn't have said that around you. You're a religious person. And I say, no, you shouldn't have said around God. Anyway, my brother's got twisted thinking, but I love him. I hope he's not watching. <laughs> if he's watching, I can probably see the online broke down. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Greg. Uh, if you ever see him, don't say I say anything about him because he's a good guy. But, you know, huh? Yeah. People say to me all the time, I'm a religious person. And that's great, but it's twisted. You see, Jesus didn't die on the cross to create a religion. He came to show us the love of God. He, he, he died on the cross to give us a relationship. You see, uh, when you think, well, buddy, what's the difference? Now, there's a huge difference. You see, religion is about me and what I can do. You see, religion is about me and relationship is about Jesus. It's all about him. And religion says, I, I'm good enough. If I'm good enough, if I do enough right good things, if I'm good enough, God will love me. You know, if, if I obey God, if I do everything God says, then God will accept me. If I don't do everything God says, he won't accept me. And if I don't do good things, God won't love me anymore. That's religion. See, that's all about me. Oh, got to try harder, got to work harder. Oh, messed up. Oh, God, God's after me now. That's religion. You know, if I obey God, he'll accept me. A relationship says because God loves me, he accepts me just like I am. Just like I am. And I got a lot of warts and messed up, and I, but God loves me anyway. He loves you. No matter where you spent last night, no matter what's going on in your life, God loves you. You see, he loves us. Relationship says because God loves me, he accepts me. And because he accepts me, I choose to obey. Because he accepts me. Because he loves me, I will obey him. It's not in an effort to gain his love that we obey him. It's in response to his love. And his love is there all the time. I would tell you right now, God loves you. He loves me. You matter to him. Matter of fact, he loves you so much, he's so crazy in love with you that he sent his only son to die for you. That's how crazy he is. God's not mad at you. God is in love with you. You see, God doesn't love you because of what you do. God loves you because of who he is. He is love. Love is not just what he does, but love is who God is. And there is nothing, let me tell you, there is nothing, there is nothing that you can do to get God to love you any more than God already loves you. Okay? There's nothing you can do. I'll tell you what, let's do a 30-day experiment to see if you can get God to love you anymore. Just give a thousand extra dollars to the church every week for 30 days and see if God loves you more. Okay? Or, or go down and feed the homeless every day and see if God loves you anymore. You see, there's nothing you can do to get God to love you anymore because God just loves you because that's who he is. And there's nothing, there is nothing 
There is nothing, that means there is nothing that you can do to get God to love you any less than he loves you. There's nothing you can do to get God to love you any less than he already loves you. There's nothing. You see, Jesus came to challenge our, to change our twisted thinking and to offer us himself in a relationship with him, the creator of the universe. You see, today, Robert Frost says, two roads diverged in the middle of the forest in my life, and I took the one less traveled. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can choose today to take the road less traveled, or you can choose today to take the road that most of our world is traveling on. You can take the one that's less traveled, which is a relationship with the truth. Or you can take the one that's most traveled and live with twisted thinking and somewhere in our life face the consequences of our beliefs. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. God, I thank you for this church. As I look out across the faces of the people here, Lord, I'm so thankful that you've allowed Gay and I the privilege to be a part of this work of God for so many years. And Lord, I pray for everyone here today, everyone watching online, everyone out in a cafe. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just speak truth into our lives and that we would make a commitment today. I just ask you to make a commitment today to seek the truth. I'm talking you down. I'm not praying God because God, God is the truth. I'm just asking you as a, as a as a group of people, as a church, to spend each day seeking the truth. Will you make a commitment right now? I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Just make a commitment to God between you and him. God, I am going to seek the truth every day of my life. I'm going to do my best. If I miss a day, I'll do it the next day. And will you make a commitment to God today? Will you just make a truth, uh, to, uh, a commitment to God today to live the truth? To live the truth? Just to do it? To live out the truth? When, once you discover the truth, don't tear that page out of the Bible. But live it. If it challenges a lifestyle that you have, if it challenges a belief that you have, that you'll say, God, I'm going to live the truth. And I just challenge you today to commit to that and commit to believing the truth. So I'm going to believe the truth. I'm going to believe you, Jesus. I'm going to believe you. Believe what the Word says. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, I want to challenge you today to seek the truth, Jesus Christ. If you've grown up religious and you're still trying to please God, you're still trying to get God to love you, and you're still trying to get God to accept you, and you're still working and working and working and pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, I ask you today to just trade that religion in for a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you today, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, will you just pray this simple prayer with me? Jesus, I believe you are the truth. Just pray that. Jesus, I believe you are the truth. I believe you are the Son of God. Just pray that. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me of all of my sins. 
Jesus, I invite you to be my Savior. I ask you to be my Savior. I want to be in relationship with you. If you prayed that prayer, then you need to thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Just thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins, because he did. The Bible says that we confess them, because we are sinners. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just and will forgive us. And then you thank him for being your Savior. Now, what I want to ask you to do, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to ask you to do something, and it's very important to you do this, is right after this service is over, that you'll go right back to that table. Jason, Pastor Jason's going to be there. Some pastor will be there. I mean, it'll be a credible pastor. It won't just be any pastor. They'll be there, and they'll talk to you about what God has done in your life, and it's very, very important. Don't walk by that table. A little chicken, just stop. Get your bracelet. And let that pastor talk to you just a minute. We're going to stand now. Can we stand together and worship? This song is one of the greatest affirmations of faith that you and I could ever acknowledge. And I want you to just sing this and affirm your faith right now. We in America, we in the church, as believers, if you're a believer, we need to affirm our faith in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he does and what he means to us, we need to affirm that today and we need to live that. So as the band, uh, we got an incredible band. Give the band a hand. They do it every week. Yep. Thank you. Let's affirm, our, let's affirm our faith and gaze go close for us.